great group picture. The uh, it's um, it's uh, interesting. The um, the toys and the gimmicks that you get, electronic stuff you guys have now. <clears throat> I want to tell you, we're taking, I'm talking about pictures. Somebody asked me about a portrait that's in one of the halls, and it's a, a vice uh, field marshal, etc. When we were in, um, when Sally and I were in uh, St. Petersburg uh, a couple months ago, we had a private tour, and we were getting the tour, and we were going through the museum. And there's a big picture, and he's going, this is General so-and-so, this is Admiral so-and-so, and then he says, that this is the guy that um, was uh, the key to Napoleon, being stopped uh, at uh, St. Petersburg during the Napoleonic War, uh, or the war with Russia. And he says, uh, and he's walking away and he says his name is Field Marshal Hall. So I take it one step this way, Sally's maiden name is Hall. Then I come back and I say, what was this guy's name again? Field Marshal Hall, H-A-L-L. -L. And I look at Sally and I said, Sally? And she says, and uh, I've always said that Sally is as tough as an old British Army boot. But now I, I say she's as tough as an old Russian Army boot because he was the savior, uh, one of the principal saviors of St. Petersburg. And uh, we were in, um, when Sally and I were in uh, St. Petersburg uh, a couple months ago, we had a private tour and we were getting the tour and we were going through the museum. And there's a big picture, and he's going, this is General so-and-so, this is Admiral so-and-so. And then he says, that this is the guy that um, was uh, the key to Napoleon being stopped uh, at uh, St. Petersburg during the Napoleonic War, uh, or the war with Russia. And he says, uh, and he's walking away, and he says his name is Field Marshal Hall. So I take it one step this way, Sally's maiden name is Hall. Then I come back and I said, what was this guy's name again? Field Marshal Hall, H-A-L-L. -L. And I look at Sally and I said, Sally? And she says, and uh, I've always said that Sally is as tough as an old British Army boot. But now I, I say she's as tough as an old Russian Army boot because he was the savior, uh, one of the principal saviors of St. Petersburg and uh, the fight against Napoleon, you know, a couple hundred years ago. And, um, but we have a, a number of uh, portraits in the castle that are of uh, uh, field marshals, etc., from uh, and, uh, generals, and a couple, maybe one or two admirals. And uh, uh, many of the paintings, some of the paintings are by Sargent. Sargent is the uh, kind of the Scottish Rembrandt. Um, and my, the painting of me, uh, that was done by Howard Morgan, a very famous uh, portrait painter here in Britain from 27 or so years ago. It won the international such and such a contest and it went, toured around the world for a year and a half. Um, is a, he's, he's the latter day sergeant, supposedly, Howard Morgan. And um, the, it's the painting I talk about when you, you see yourself, you vision yourself, and I saw Marshall's. Etc. from uh, and, uh, generals, and a couple, maybe one or two admirals. And uh, uh, many of the paintings, some of the paintings are by Sargent. Sargent is the uh, kind of the Scottish Rembrandt. 
Um, in my opinion of me, uh, that was done by Howard Morgan, a very famous uh, portrait painter here in Britain from 27 or so years ago. It won the international such and such a contest, and it went toured around the world for a year and a half. Um, is uh, he's he's the latter day sergeant supposedly, Howard Morgan, and um, the it's the painting I talk about when you, you see yourself, you vision yourself, and I saw myself dressed like that and standing like that long before I moved here and long before I, I, I had any money. Um, are there any um, questions about anything? I, I think it's important. I want to go through this slide and then though for the you uh, two uh, fans and yourself. Andrew Carnegie is just from um, down the road in Dunfermline. He left Scotland, depending on what story you want to believe, between, between as young as eight, which he didn't, but he was about 12 or 13. He went to the United States, and uh, the rest is more or less history. He didn't have any education, uh, but he was a hard-working guy. He was a small guy, petite guy, and they've got, there's plenty of stuff been written about him. But he, he wrote these what he called the rules for super success more than a hundred years ago. Hundred years! Way before QLA, way before Napoleon Hill, you know, wrote the, the success story that uh, these same questions were revealing their own faults. Now, this is management by objectives. Because management by objectives, you ask the lowest rung in the company, the janitor, and you, you move up the objectives until it gets to the board level and they, 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 they morph and pivot. But he was saying this 100 years ago. Uh, number three, have one or more training for your job. I tell people, which makes people uncomfortable, when I've run uh, big organizations, I always had at least two to three people that wanted my job. And one wanted it bad enough to cut my throat. Hopefully not literally, although maybe one of them might have. But metaphorically, in other words, they wanted my job. So I was not afraid of surrounding myself with strong people. Which is just the antithesis. You hire people that are like you. You hire people that you like. Okay? Um, and number four, never make decisions for employees. Allow them to make their own and give them the responsibility and the authority to implement their own actions. The reason that your management styles may not work is because I tell Marcus, this is what we've got to do, but then I don't give him the authority to implement. And he uses that either on a subconscious or maybe even on a conscious level to not execute. As I told you before lunch, good managers, high performance managers, you don't have to manage. I'll say it again. Good managers, high performance managers, you don't have to manage. When I'm in a deal, they don't have to manage me, even when I was a junior. I've got a, a new CFO uh, uh, in the Philippines, a young guy. I mean, I mean, it's incredible. He's renegotiated stuff for the uh, IRS equivalent. He's done this. He's reduced our property taxes. All this shite. He hasn't been there six months yet. And nobody told him, you know, and, and, and candidly, I didn't really focus on it. I thought he's taken over from, from a much, much, much more senior person than he is. And uh, 
He's making these changes. He's down there fighting with the, uh, the equivalent of the Inland Revenue. And he's doing all this stuff. We don't, we don't really have to manage him. He's, in fact, he, has t he told me personally, because I have weekly, we're going to get the management sound later in today. You know, Mr. Pena, I really need more to do. And so we've given him other duties outside the auspices of being a CFO, a financial controller. When was the last time somebody came to you, you know, I don't have enough to do, this isn't really a full-time job? <clears throat> Never. But the little guy, the little wee Scott, Andrew Carnegie, he, he was saying this more than 100 years ago, the number one on his list, financial movement must prevail. Now, there's different ways of presenting that in the 21st century. But the bottom line is, people want to know, how does it, how do I, how does it affect me? And that normally means, almost always means, how am I paid and what am I paid for? And as long as it's moral, ethical, honest, etc., I say anything goes. And when I say anything goes, I mean anything goes. And I like, because I believe in the Toyota way, I like the people, people to operate under stress. I don't mind if Brian wants Rob's job. He'll push Rob, and if you can't push him up the ladder more, he pushes him off the ladder. And that's healthy. That's supply and demand. That's also Darwin, you know, the survival of the fittest. And the heads of these big corporations that I continue to talk about and that are on my influencers wall are guys that are prime examples, bless you, that are prime examples of survival of the fittest. Is this one of the t-shirts? Yeah. Okay. I just, I was given by the guys, the lads, and we had a group picture. It says, uh, what the fuck, what would Dan do? Okay, and then we took a picture, and then the other side of it says, just fucking do it. And then my copy is signed by everybody, and I'm very grateful and thankful of that. Um, and as I said on the um, podcast for um, uh, Biohack Conference from uh, Dave Asprey, when he went through the question, you know, in all your years of experience and all the blah, 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 what, what would you, the three things that you would tell the 20-something Dan, you know, stop, only one thing, just fucking do it. And, and then the thing that I brought up that is not normally asked, but now it's a new question, new answer that I, I add, is what I, I should be additionally asked is, what's the best advice that you never took? when you were a 20-something guy. And that's easy, that's a no-brainer. Focus on the few, not the many, Dan. You can't be all things to all people, you can't do everything. Well, I thought I was fucking Superman. I, you know, I didn't think, I, I knew I was Superman. And so I didn't pay attention to that. I only understand that now, since I'm in probably in my early 40s, maybe late 30s, early 40s, is that, you know, focus on the few, not the many. And that's, and that's the, the road to uh, success. Okay, thanks.